Anybody need a designated driver to drive them home today after this service? Or a, mm, my, my. <laughs> what a great time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Stacy. That was awesome, as usual. Hallelujah. Mm. Whoo, glory. Well, let's continue to keep this ship moving. Um, by the way, Sherry has made some more prayer cloths for us. Amen. Say thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> All right. These are awesome. So at the end of service, if anybody would like to, uh, a prayer cloth prayed over and to give to someone who's in the hospital or whatever, or even for yourself, we're going to believe that God's going to move even through these. Amen. Amen. We're going to believe the anointing of the Holy Ghost is all over it. So, all right, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to start off with verses 1 through 11. Hallelujah. So last week I talked about, part one was manifestations of the Holy Spirit, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and I'm going to continue that with part two today. And then uh, starting next week, oh, the the Holy Ghost has been brewing something in me already, so I can't wait. Man, these Sundays, uh, I can't have too many of these, amen? It's like I'm so excited for what the Lord is doing. All right, so here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning... Spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or have a lack of knowledge. You know that you were Gentiles carried away with these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities or differences of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the man, there it is, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. See, these gifts are not for you, it's for you ministering to others. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, uh, kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these, distributing to each one individually as He wills. I don't know about you, but the gifts of the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit, that fires me up. Amen? When it says that these gifts are for the profit of of the body of Christ... I mean, these need to be flowing in our service. These need to be flowing in our lives toward others as we minister, personal evangelism, and so on and so forth. Amen? So I want to continue talking about the manifestations or gifts of the Holy Spirit. Last week in part one, I laid the foundation that uh, to operate in the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit baptism. Um, and that is the, if you want to call it the prerequisite or the starting point or the doorway for the power of God, for the gifts to operate through you. Say doorway. And I gave a general definition last week of each gift. Um, and today I just want to dig a little bit deeper into each gift, maybe some practical things about it and, and biblical, some biblical examples on some of these. So, now, so there are nine gifts of the, of the Spirit, okay? Now, you can break those up into three categories like I talked about last week. Number, uh, first thing, three gifts say something. Three gifts know something. And three gifts do something. All right? Say, know, and do. You can split them up like that. Uh, the three gifts that say something are what we call the utterance or the inspirational gifts. And those are, that's the gift of prophecy, uh, diverse kinds of tongues, 
and the interpretation of tongues. Now, three gifts that know something, we call those the revelation gifts. And those are the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. And then three gifts that do something are the power gifts. Say power gifts. And those are the, that's the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. All right? So let's start, let's start off by talking about three of the gifts that say something or the utterance or inspirational gifts. Let's jump back into this, all right? So number one, let's start with the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is this. It's supernatural utterance in a known language or tongue. Right? The Greek word that's translated uh, prophesy, prophesy means to speak for another. So when you're under, in, under um, or operating in the gift of prophecy, you're literally being a spokesperson for God. Right? Now, don't, like I said last week, don't confuse that with the ministry gift of a prophet. That's different from operating in the simple gift of prophecy. All right? um, when you get a prophetic word, well, let me say this. The connotation of that word means this, to bubble up. To prophesy means it's to bubble up. Say bubble forth. Bubble up. All right? When you get a prophetic word to speak, many times you will feel... A, a, a prompting, I'll call it a bubbling up in your spirit. And Carol, right, you operate in the gift of prophecy all the time, right? And those others that you do. Would you say that there is a movement, there's like a bubbling, there's a prompting right here in your belly area? Yes. yes. Hey, you feel it. Yes. Amen. And that's what means if the Holy Spirit moves upon you with a prophetic word, you will feel a bubbling up. You'll feel that prompting like... I. I, I need to say something, all right? Um, maybe like when I handed the microphone there, I gave an opportunity. Does anybody have a, you want to say something? Even Linda, who gave a testimony today. I guarantee you she felt a prompting on the inside, like I need to speak this. You following me, somebody? So it's very practical, I think, isn't it? Jesus said this, John seven thirty eight. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit. And, and down in the belly, this is where our spirit is. And that's where the Holy Spirit lives inside of your spirit. That's why out of your belly, right? Very interesting. I, I, that, for some reason, that always struck a chord in my spirit when I'd read that. So the rivers are referring to, listen to this, living waters. I love that. Living waters means it's fresh Right now, anointed words from the Holy Spirit that gives life to others who hear it. Oh, see, see, how many of you know where the Dead Sea is at, right, over in Israel? What's, what's common about the Dead Sea? The Dead Sea, it doesn't move. And it's, there's salt in it, and there's just a bunch of junk. But if you see a river that has moving or living water, it always stays fresh. Oh, I love right now fresh words from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's take a look at verses 1 through 5 here. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. And it says this, Pursue love. Remember we talked about how important, if you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, how important it is to walk in love. Your motivation needs to be love toward others. Amen? Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Love and desire the gifts. Very important keys to position yourself to be used by them, by the Holy Spirit. But especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue uh, does not speak to men but unto God. All right? So this... You'll see in chapter 14, it flips back and forth between praying in tongues and the gift of tongues for a public assembly. All right? So, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Interesting. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification exhortation and comfort to men or to people. He who speaks in a 
in a tongue edifies himself. You see how it's flipping back from the gift? Now it's flipping to the prayer language where you're building yourself up. You see that? But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish, look at this, I wish you all spoke with tongues. So he's not belittling tongues or the importance of it in the body of Christ. But even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. He's talking about a public assembly. Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So the word of God here tells us to take the time to desire spiritual gifts. And do you notice in there, it says, especially, say especially, that you would prophesy. So I find it very interesting that the Holy Ghost out of these nine gifts says, you know what? I want you to, I really want you to desire and flow in the gift of prophecy. Why? Because it edifies, it exhorts, and it comforts the church. All right? So that's why. Now, here's the deal. Let's dig in a little deeper on the prophetic gift in here. Prophetic words from the Holy Spirit imparts to a person, uh, imparts to a person, that the Holy Spirit imparts to a person, originates in heaven. Are you following me? A prophetic word does not originate in the human mind. It doesn't originate in the human spirit. A tr- if you're truly operating in the prophetic gift, that prophetic word was birthed by our Heavenly Father in heaven. And then He passes it on to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit passes on to you to speak on earth. That's why there's power in it. That's why there's life in it. That's why the Word of God says, desire that you would prophesy. The enemy hates the gift of prophecy. If, I, I'll tell you right now, sure as the sun rises in the east, sure as the sun rises in the east, when a church begins to flow in the prophetic, flow in the gifts, you watch where the enemy tries to send people in to bring confusion. Come on, somebody. He tries to bring people in. Oh, you know who really hates it? The Jezebel spirit. Oh, my, my, my. All right. So, that it, in Jezebel spirits, not just women. I mean, a Jezebel spirit can oper- operate through a man as well. All right. Well, we can talk about that at a later time. But just know the enemy hates the prophetic because it changes people's lives. There's power in it. There's an anointing attached to it. A prophetic word has the anointing, the power of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven on it. It imparts life, and creative power is attached to it. It has this, too, activation power. There's been many prophetic words that I spoke over people, and the Holy Spirit was activating a person, maybe, maybe a calling, maybe a gifting. There was an impartation or an activation on the inside of them. That's why the devil hates it. One time, the Holy Spirit gave me a vision. I said, why, why is the prophetic gift so important? What, you know, give me some more revelation of this. And I had a vision of this. You know how, like, when we speak our human and natural words and stuff, those words sometimes, you know, they just fall to the ground. If they're not anointed by the Holy Ghost, they just fall to the ground, right? Here's what the Lord showed me. When someone is prophesying, under the unction or anointing of the Holy Spirit, when those words come out, listen, this is the vision he gave me. I seen, I seen a wall, all right? There was a wall, and someone was speaking toward a wall, and I seen the, the anointing like water come out first, and then I seen the words behind it. Are you following me here? And the water came and hit the wall first. And then the words. And the Holy Spirit said this, when the anointing's attached to words, the anointing goes first to soften the hard heart of a person. Are you following me? It hits that hardened heart or it softens or prepares the person to receive that prophetic word. And that's why the prophetic is so powerful. The anointing goes before the words. Oh my, that, I mean, that, that was amazing. So that's why, why is the Lord saying desire to prophesy? Because there's power and results come forth from it. Amen. Amen. 
Now, it also, the prophetic also releases the angelic into a situation. Psalm 103 says that they hearken unto the voice of his word. Now, it is the rhema or spoken word of God because it didn't originate. I'm talking about the gift of prophecy in action. When the gift of prophecy is in action, it's not your words that you spoke. It was words from heaven, from your heavenly Father, given to the Holy Spirit, given to us. So when you, so you know, when you speak the logos word, angels, they're on it, right? The logos word is powerful. But when there's what's called the rhema or spoken word of God, when the Holy Spirit shows you a scripture or or words or a confession to speak in the midst of your situation, that also releases the angelic. Because whether it's the logos or the rhema, it's not our word, it's his. And angels hearken unto that word. You following me? All right, next, diverse or different kinds of tongues. The word tongues, let's demystify this. It simply means languages. That's all, right? Everyone's so spooky about it. Oh, the gift of tongues, 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 right? It's languages, all right? Let's calm down here a little bit, right? All right, so here we go. Diverse or different kinds of tongues or languages. This is a supernatural utterance or a language from the Holy Spirit that the speaker did not learn. These nine gifts have nothing to do with natural ability or your own human intellect. These are all supernatural. Say supernatural. You've got to know that. Has no, I don't care how smart you are, how many degrees you have. Hey, 32 degrees is still freezing, I always say, right? We need the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this is a supernatural utterance or a language from the Holy Spirit that the speaker did not learn. And the hearer, listen, the hearer of your language may or may not understand. Go to Acts chapter 2. Let me show you something here. Acts chapter 2. Say hallelujah. Woo, God is good. Amen. So Acts chapter 2, 5 through 13, the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit here. Let's take a look and see what happened here. What the, the gift of tongues was definitely in action, but not what a lot of people think happened, right? All right, Acts chapter 2, 5 through 13. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak, underline it, in their own language. Mm. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are, all, are not these all who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born, Parthians and Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phaegra, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya joining Cyrene. You get the point, right? They're speaking all these known languages to the people that were there, but not to the speaker. It was the Holy Ghost flowing through them speaking those languages. They never learned them. All right, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Man, that's powerful. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocking and said, They are full of new wine. So I want to point this out to you. So the Holy Spirit gave the ability for these people to speak in a language they never learned. Like I said, it's all supernatural when you're dealing with the nine gifts of the Spirit. Amen? It has nothing to do with you learning a language, all right? But this was a supernatural work of the gift of tongues in action, all right? They were speaking in languages they never learned, and they were speaking the wonderful works of God. Like I said last week, there's been many testimonies of missionaries who went to other countries, and they had the unction to just start speaking in tongues in front of people, and, and the people of that country could understand every word, but the speaker had no idea who was speaking their language. Supernatural. I'm telling you, there's nothing boring about the kingdom of God. Amen. 
Now, I want you to notice that some still accuse them of being drunk and not accepting that supernatural sign. Here's the point. There will always be doubters. There will always, say there will always be doubters. I mean, this was supernatural. The majority of the people accepted it and said, wow, this is amazing. And, but you're always going to have those doubters who say, yeah, well, you know, they're just drunk. Well, you know, I never heard a drunk person speaking in another language that I could understand that they never learned. Are you hearing me? All right. All right. So you need to know this. So there is the gift of tongues for a public assembly. And and what I mean public assembly, you know, more than one or two people, I'm going to say, all right? doesn't necessarily have to be a church service, right? But uh, And and praying in tongues that is uh, personal between you and God. Now, every Holy Spirit-baptized Christian has the ability to pray in tongues. But not every Holy Spirit-baptized Christian will operate in the gift of tongues in a public assembly. Do you follow that? Does that make sense? Is it clear as mud? All right. So now there are times in our services where I'll get up here and I'll walk pace back and forth praying in tongues. And But again, that's me praying in tongues. That's me stirring myself up. Or I'll say, hey, everybody, pray in tongues with me. That's not the gift of tongues. We're just using our prayer language. We're trying to stir up the atmosphere. Are you following me? All right. Now, if someone like, like if someone were to stand up right now and just start, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Then either someone's out of order right? <laughs> or the Holy Spirit wants to speak in the gift of tongues. And then the interpretation of that, you following me? All right. Here's the key. Praying in tongues, praying in tongues for your personal edification is an ability, not a gift. Oh, let me say that again. Praying in tongues is an ability, not a gift. Why? Because every Holy Spirit baptized Christian has the ability to pray in tongues. Now, for the gift, for a public assembly, that you need the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues, you don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You know, I mean, there, there might be times where you're sitting at home or there's a situation going on. You might feel the prompting to start praying for tongues. That must mean there's something really bad probably happening that the Holy Spirit has to say, turn the TV off, pray in tongues now. You have a family member who's going through something, pray in tongues now. You following me? You will feel an unction at times to pray in tongues. But, in, but generally... You can pray in tongues anytime you want as a Holy Spirit-baptized Christian. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than ye all. You following me? More than ye all. All right? So we need to, I don't know about you, I'm trying to beat the Apostle Paul out and praying in tongues more. Amen? Come on. But he's seen the, and here's what I want to know. If the Apostle Paul didn't pray in tongues, how much of his ministry would have been hindered? I wonder how many open doors opened to him to preach the gospel because he did pray in tongues. I'll tell you in my personal life, the more I pray in tongues, the more I flow in the gifts. The more divine appointments open up for me. There's something about it. And that is the Holy Spirit praying through you the perfect will of God. And the Holy Spirit spoke this to me before. He goes, there's some things that will not happen in your life unless you're praying in tongues. Because you would never thought in your natural thinking to pray for that thing. Mm, we need the Holy Ghost. We need to pray in tongues. Next, the interpretation of tongues is the supernatural ability to interpret when a tongue is given in an unknown language to a public assembly. Um, you can also pray in your devotional time after you pray. You know what? Stop once in a while and say, Holy Spirit, give me the interpretation of that tongue. Just pray. Ask. Ask, right? All right, so um, I want you to notice this. It's an interpretation, not a word-for-word translation. It's an interpretation, all right? That's important to know. I mean, someone could pray, stand up in here and pray in tongues for 10 minutes, and then someone gives up to give the interpretation, and the interpretation's 10 words. Are you following me? So just because someone gets up and prays in tongues for 10 minutes doesn't need to there has to be a 10-minute interpretation of it. It's not a translation, it's an interpretation. 
All the interpreter is doing is imparting the main point of what was spoken in tongues. Is this getting over to you guys? I hope so. Because we need to know the operation of these with where we are going as a church, where we're going personally. Reaching Cairo, Tuscola County. Amen? I mean, when we're out on the street, when we go and start doing some personal evangelism out on the streets and stuff, these gifts need to be flowing. Amen? So the gift of tongues plus the interpretation of tongues in action is equal to the gift of prophecy in action. All right? Do you follow that? The gift of tongues and the interpretation are equal to the simple gift of prophecy in action. All right? Uh, The Word of God requires the gift of interpretation to be active when a tongue is given for one reason. Here's the reason. So people can understand what the Holy Spirit is speaking in your known language. All right? And so they can be blessed by that that word. Amen? Um, If if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to give uh, a message in tongues or the interpretation of it, you'll feel it bubbling up. Like I said, let's just get practical. I love practical teaching. Amen? Um, you, now, here's another thing. You ready for this? You might have a few words to start off with in, uh, in, in the interpretation I'm talking about. All right? You might just have a few words. Many of us, many times, wouldn't we feel much better if we just closed our eyes and we seen like a teleprompter right in front of us of the whole thing before you step out in faith? That's not how the Holy Ghost works. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. The Red Sea didn't part till he put his foot in the water. Are you hearing me? So here's the deal. So there might be, he might give you just a couple words, and it's like a teleprompter. When you start with those two words, he'll give you the next thing to say. Oh, see, everything in the Christian life is by faith. And the Holy Spirit will test your faith even in the gifts of the Spirit. All right? So don't be afraid. Stand up. If you got two words, start speaking. And watch. I, I, more than not, you'll, you'll start to get in a flow and, and maybe some more things will be said. And it'll be a blessing to all those around. Amen? Um, so your free will is involved in that. And, and we must yield, say yield, to the Holy Spirit to willingly cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's how we know. See, a lot of people think, well, if he wants to use me in the gifts, he's just going to use me without my, my interaction, without my free will. Well, that's not the case. Now, how do I know? How can I be so sure that he will never overpower your will? I can give you one verse that just kills that sacred cow and throws it right in the grinder. Are you ready for this? Here we go. The Word of God tells us not to quench the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit could flow through you without your free will, it would be impossible to quench the Holy Spirit because he would just do it. Why would the Holy Spirit tell us to pray? Why would he prompt us to pray if there was no benefit in it? Mm, are you following me? Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Our free will can stop. Our free will can silence. Our free will can quench the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's why it's so important to flow and obey Him in your life. I'm very big on the things of the Holy Spirit. And I, I like that because, well, He's the only one on the earth in the, from the Godhead here to flow with us. I mean, so we better give Him a little attention, right? All right, so let's talk. Let's move on to the next three. Uh, let's talk about uh, three gifts that know something. The revelation gifts. This is a fun one. I love the revelation gifts. Number one, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation from the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. Now, I want you to notice that it's the word of knowledge, not words. Word. All right? It's the word of knowledge, not words. Uh, it, it'll be about a, pl- a person, place, thing, or situation that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you about a person or to a person. Uh, it can come through a prophetic word. It can come through the voice of God on the inside. It can come through a vision on the inside. Uh, it can come through a dream. Again, this is supernatural revelation that has nothing to do with your natural intellect, right? In other words, you can't be on the phone with someone. They give you some information about a person. You can't claim that as a word of knowledge. Are you hearing me? 
a word of knowledge is revealed supernaturally to you from the Holy Spirit. All right? Um, a, here's the deal. Listen to this. A word of knowledge deals with the past, the past or present circumstances in a person's life. It's either, let's put it this way, present or past. Some kind of a fact, all right? And these are, when you're flowing in the word of knowledge, people's lives get changed. They do, because they start to trust you more. They start to say, wow, this person, I never told anybody about this. How did you know? I didn't, the Holy Ghost did, all right? Now go to John 4. Let's take a look at the word of knowledge in action. And who better to look that up through is... Jesus Christ himself. Amen. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse uh, 16 through 19. So Jesus meets this woman at the well, right? All right. So this this woman at the well. And and so Jesus kind of sparks up a conversation with her and all this. Let's look at the gift of the word of knowledge in action. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. (laughs) Don't you love Jesus? (laughs) He just knows how to open the can of worms, doesn't he? I love it. Here we go. For you you have had five husbands... And the one whom you are now, whom you now have, is not your husband. In that you speak truly. The woman said to him, "Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet." The Holy Spirit gave Jesus a word of knowledge. You, you, now, you got to understand. Some some of you are saying, "Yeah, but that's Jesus." Remember, Jesus was a man. He ministered as a man, anointed with the Holy Spirit, the same as us, right? So Jesus didn't know this unless the Holy Spirit revealed this to him. So the Holy Spirit gave Jesus a word of knowledge. Now, you can see after he released that word of knowledge, it made her heart open up to him now. Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. So it gave him a bigger door. I like to say it this way. It's like when you, re- when you release a word of knowledge, it's like the Holy Spirit gives you a key to their heart. And you open it up. All right, now we're, man, we can really minister to this person now. Are you following me? So it's powerful. The word of knowledge allowed her heart to be opened and uh, in a way that wasn't possible before Jesus released that word of knowledge. Um, So uh, listen to this. The Holy Spirit can speak to you verbally or nonverbal. He can speak verbal communication or nonverbal communication. All right. Um, Some people hear primarily on the inside and some people see on the inside primarily. primarily. People who who kind of have visions on the inside more so, we call them seers. All right. That's just kind of a generic term. Me, how I flow, I am more of a seer. I, I get visions on the inside. If I come up to someone or if I see someone, I'll have a vision uh, of something on the inside. Or if I come up and lay my hands on someone, it's like on the movie screen of my spirit, of my imagination. I, I get these visions and stuff. Um, recently, I was ministering. I did a, a, a ministry call with a guy in Arkansas. And, uh, and, and I was praying with him over the phone. And all of a sudden, I got a vision of like a launching pad. A launching pad, like th- that, shoots missiles and rockets off, and I, and I, you know, and I've just felt, I just, you just kind of know when the Holy Spirit's speaking, you know, and, and what it is. You just have a knowing sometimes. So I said to him, I said that tonight is going to be a launching pad for your ministry, for your new walk with the Lord. A, and I kept saying it, and I'm like, why do I keep saying it? a launching pad, a launching pad? Well. So we, I prophesied, man, it gets flowing on those calls sometimes. But um, so afterwards, he goes, let me tell you how accurate you were in your prophetic word. He goes, when I was in the military, I worked on a launching pad for missiles. He goes, when you spoke that, the Holy Spirit got my attention. You, are you seeing this? So this words of knowledge, when the Holy Spirit's moving, it opens a person up. See, the Holy Spirit knew the key to him. You know, maybe that guy didn't trust me right away. But when I kept saying launching pad, launching pad, that's something that spoke to him. That's something that dealt with him in his whole life. And, and he, his heart opened up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So I, I'm primarily a seer, but some people, sometimes they'll, they'll just hear. They'll hear it on the inside. Not necessarily the audible voice of God, but you know how like when you're talking to yourself on the inside, you know what I'm saying? That's the voice that people hear on the inside, like your own voice. All right? So sometimes people hear it, sometimes people see on the inside. And there's different kinds of visions, too. We'll talk about that later. There's an open vision where you can see it with your natural eyes or you're seeing it on the inside. So there's different things there. We'll get into all that. Don't worry. Pastor's going to train you guys up. Amen? All right, so next, the word of wisdom. So this is supernatural revelation from the Holy Spirit concerning the divine purpose and plan of God in the mind and will of God. All right, so this is divine purpose. Now, here's the difference between the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Here it is. The word of wisdom deals with your future. It's showing you something about your future, a course of action you need to take that will alter your future. But the word of knowledge is just simply facts about present situation and past. Are you following me? All right. So that's how the word of wisdom deals with the future or action that will, will affect your future. It can come through a prophetic word, dream, vision, voice of God, angelic visitation. Yes, I just said that. Hey, God can, do, can talk to you however he wants. Amen? God uses angels still. Amen? Go to Acts 9. Go to Acts 9. I don't want to cut off any part where God wants to use in my life. I said this before, I'll say it again. Anything in the kingdom of God, anything in the word of God is fair game of how God wants to speak and minister to you. Amen? And angels definitely fit in that category. Hallelujah. Now, um, Acts 9, 10 through 15. Let's take a look at this. They're talking about the word of wisdom here that deals with your future. Now, there was a certain uh, disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Now this is powerful. The Lord gave Ananias a vision. You see that? A vision of what to do that would alter his future. Ananias, rise up, go to this area. You're going to pray for Saul of Tarsus. How many of you know who Saul of Tarsus is? The Apostle Paul. Now, what if Ananias was disobedient to the Holy Spirit there? Man, lives can get altered here with your free will. Are you following me? But I wanted you to see that there was actually a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge in that. Did you see that? The word of wisdom is, Ananias, go. You're going to pray for Saul of Tarsus. The word of knowledge was this. Paul right now is praying Ah, are you seeing it? Paul was praying for that moment for God to send someone to help him. So you got your word of knowledge and you got your word of wisdom. And I said this before, I'll say it again. A lot of the gifts work together. They intertwine. In a gift of prophecy, you might have a word of knowledge. You might have a word of wisdom. You know what I'm saying? The gift of faith might operate with a working of miracles. So uh, we're just separating this out today for the sake of just showing each gift. Amen. All right, so here we go. You guys having fun? All right, Acts 21. Go there with me. Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter 21, 8 through 11. Oh, yeah. I want the supernatural flowing in my life, and I want it to flow in your life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Acts 21, 8 through 11. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Well, that kind of takes care of the woman question, doesn't it? Are you hearing me? 
<laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Of course women can minister. and Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Who in the world would believe they don't? Isn't that wild? Wow. Okay, anyways, moving on. Uh, verse 10. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt. Look how interesting this is. He took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus say, says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind this man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, I don't know about you, but that's probably not a prophetic word or word of wisdom that I would like to have. <laughs> right? I want you to notice, so... Again, I just wanted to point that one thing out about, you know, the women prophesied, of course, women be blessed, be used by the Holy Ghost abundantly. Amen? Hallelujah. But Agabus was a prophet, and when he saw Paul's belt, listen to me now, the Holy Spirit gave him a word of wisdom about Paul's future. There's times when I'm ministering to someone where the Holy Spirit will illuminate a certain thing and he uses it. Remember I said the Holy Spirit can speak verbal communication and nonverbal. This was nonverbal, obviously. So there's obviously Agabus seen that belt and immediately he just knew that the person who's wearing this belt, this, he's going to have, he's going to have some trials he's going to go through. So the Holy Spirit can use things to speak to you through, even in nature. Are you following me? All right. So the Holy Spirit, listen to this. The Holy Spirit is always speaking something. He's always trying to reveal something to us. But are we listening? Are we paying attention to him? Oh, I never hear from the Holy Spirit. Well, you need to, you know, maybe tune in a little bit, right? Tune in. It takes some time where you're just tuning into him. Read the word, lay on the couch, close your eyes, put on some soaking worship music, and just pay attention. What's, pay attention to the thoughts that are flowing in your imagination. Pay attention to the things that are flowing, the thoughts. Say thoughts. That's how the Holy Spirit will primarily speak to you. Next, the discerning of spirits. This manifestation of the Holy Spirit gives supernatural insight about the spirit realm. Now, to discern something means to perceive, listen, by seeing or hearing. To discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. Do you hear it or are you a seer? Come on, somebody. It means to distinguish or discriminate. All right? To distinguish or discriminate. Talking about the discerning of spirits gift here. This, gifts, this gift allows you to see and to know what spirit is motivating an individual. Remember I told you, have you ever had someone talk to you? And what they said really wasn't a big deal, right? But man, something just felt real yucky on the inside when they said it. Like there was just, I want to say, the wrong spirit behind what they're saying. Are you following me? That's the discerning of spirits, all right? I mean, this... We, we, we need the discerning of spirits to go on, all right? Because without dis, the discerning of spirits gift, we will run round and round. I mean, we will, the devil will keep you so dizzy with things that people say. But if you have the discerning of spirits in action, right, you can distinguish or discriminate that thing. And you can say, ah, oh, that's the devil speaking through them. You following me? Very important gift. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I believe this is one of the greatest times in history that the church needs discernment. We need discernment like never before. The Bible says even in the end times that even the very elect could be, de could be um, deceived. Th think about that. The very elect... Man, we need discernment. Look at this. So go to um, Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 23. And this is an interesting example here. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Matthew 16, 21 through 23 says this. 
From the time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and to be killed and to be raised up on the third day, then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. The Holy Spirit, think about this, the Holy Spirit gave Jesus insight that that was not Peter speaking that. Are you kidding me? Now, here's the deal. Now, without that supernatural discernment, one would look at that and say, oh, Peter was just worried about Jesus, right? Peter, Peter was just didn't want Jesus to go away. Oh, Peter, you're such a good guy, right? When Satan was speaking the will of Satan through Peter toward Jesus, Jesus had discernment of spirits in that situation. Wow, right? Oh, my. Say, thank you, Lord, for discernment. We need this gift in operation. The Bible says, desire the gifts of the Spirit. Desire that gift, I'm telling you right now. Now, Acts 16. Go to Acts chapter 16. I want to show you another one about discernment. Acts chapter 16, 16 through 18. This is one with the Apostle Paul here. Acts 16, 16 through 18. And it says, Now it happened... As we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much, she was a psychic, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the great, uh, the way of salvation. <laughs> and this she did for many days. And then it goes on to say, But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Now, remember when I said, keep in mind that the Holy Spirit is a person. Do you all agree with that? The Holy Spirit's a person. Now, what do I mean by that? He has a mind, will, and emotions. I said, keep that in mind because this is very important. And this is the point I want to make about this. Is that when the Holy Spirit gives discernment, many times his emotions will come through you. Okay, now listen to this. So Paul here, this lady, what she was saying was good. You agree? What this lady was saying, oh, here comes the men of God. They come to show us the way of salvation. Even the devil can sound spiritual. Are you following me? But Paul had discernment. And he, it said he started to get annoyed. The Holy Spirit was annoyed. The Holy Spirit was showing Paul, this is, this is not of me. She's trying to stir up persecution for you, Paul, and trying to stop you from preaching the gospel. So I want you to notice the Holy Spirit's a person. How he flows through you with these nine gifts, many times his emotions will flow through you as well. Oh, that's some good stuff right there. Amen? Okay, now... Um, I want, I, I want you to also notice about that situation that Paul let this woman talk, uh, all this spiritual stuff. It says for many days she did this. Notice he didn't do anything right away until he got that discernment in the green light to cast this devil out of this, this psychic. Psychic, you know, I found something out too. Psychics don't like when you go up and talk to them about the blood of Jesus Christ. I remember in the mall at some of the kiosks, there's some, some once in a while there's psychics there. And I'll go up and I'll just say, so what do you guys think about the blood of Christ? And she got all flustered. Uh, um, you, know, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't really think about it much. I, she got all flustered. Why? Because I wasn't going against her. I'm going against that demon that's operating in her. And wouldn't you know, it wasn't two days later I came back to the mall. She's out of there. Demons hate the blood of Christ. 
Talk about the blood of Jesus. Say the blood of Jesus. Now let's finish this thing up. Let's take this thing home. Final approach, as the pilots say. Let's talk about three gifts that do something, the power gifts. Number one, the gift of faith. All right. Now this is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit where a Christian is empowered with special faith. Say special faith. All right. Or wonder working faith that is beyond our personal simple faith. I, I always say this, it's faith in overdrive. It's, it's a boost from the Holy Spirit. You following me? That's why this is a gift. It's not always there. See, we're still expected to, to stir up ourselves and build up our personal faith, right? You do understand that? Don't rely on just a gift to drop on you, okay? The gift is for something, if you're going to be going through something that's really, you really need the overdrive to get through that mud. Amen? So the gift of faith, remember this from last week, the gift of faith receives from God. And those that operate in the gift of faith, here, listen to this. God honors their words, their spoken words. When this gift is in action, he honors their spoken words as if it was God speaking it himself. The gift, say gift of faith. And Linda, you talked about that this week on Wednesday, didn't you? That when you're speaking what God gives you and the power in it. Amen. So now, so I mean... uh, to those that operate in the gift of faith, I mean, it's powerful. You will know when that, that gift drops on you. I mean, there's nothing. People can't say anything against this thing that you're believing God for. You're, you're fixed. Are you following me? Now, your personal faith should be that strong. But again, I'm just telling you, this is overdrive faith, okay? So, what's some examples? I don't know. Jesus turned water into wine. He multiplied food for the 5,000. Jesus commanded Lazarus to come forth and be raised from the dead. Are you serious? I mean, hey, by the way, we are called to raise the dead too. If the Holy Spirit leads, you better be ready for that thing, right? I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm always, you know, let me just camp out real quick on this thing because I, I try, I'm on this thing where, okay, Lord, when, what, is there a pattern here of when you raise people from the dead? Is it, is it when they, they died prematurely? That it, it was before their time? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, these are just thoughts of a pastor, right? <laughs> and so, but there's times you better be led by the Holy Spirit. There will be times in the future, I believe, that <laughs> there's going to be the dead. I mean, there's dead being raised all over the world right now. It happens. It's wild, but it happens, right? So I got to be honest. I mean, I'm always, when someone passes away, I'm always like, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Well, a lot of times, a lot of the people wouldn't want to come back, right? (laughs) They see a glimpse of heaven, right? But But it's always on my mind. Lord, do you want me to go to the hospital? Do you want me to go to the funeral home and try to raise this person? It's always there. If I feel an unction, I'm just telling you right now, I'll I'll take whoever wants to go with me who can stand in faith with me, and we'll give her a try. Are you following me? I'm telling you. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, There's no holds barred here. We're all in. Are you hearing me? So just know. So so if any of you, you know, just know, if it's not your time, I'm praying, Holy Ghost, you tell me. If you want me to try raising you from the dead, are you hearing me? I'm just telling you. This is the mindset that we really need to be in. I mean, we need to be in a miracles mindset. We need to. There's going to be times when you don't do nothing. You know, but there might be times where you do, and who knows what's going to happen. Amen? Um, So the gift of faith and the working of miracles work very closely together, okay? Now, the gift of miracles, a supernatural intervention by God, Listen to this. A supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. A temporary suspension of the accustomed order. Or an interruption in the system of nature as we know it, operated by the Holy Spirit. Now, I know we like to throw the word miracle around very loosely, right? Like, here's one, all right? Because I've said it in the past, oh, it's such a miracle, you know, God's forming a person in the womb. What a miracle. Well, that's actually the course of nature. 
I mean, it's, a, it's amazing, praise God, but it's not a miracle because it's the normal course of nature. If there's conception, a baby's going to grow in that womb. Are you hearing me? All right. Yeah, it was just a little sacred cow I had to. But it is amazing. I'm not belittling it. Are you hearing me? But it's not a miracle. All right? It's a, a miracle is a suspension of the normal course of nature. All right? You're following what I'm saying. Uh, this gift could be called the working of acts of power. The Greek word translated miracles means explosions of almightiness, impelling staggering wonders or astonishments. All right? Now, the difference between the gift of faith and the working of miracles is this. The gift of faith primarily receives a miracle. The working of faith works or manifests a miracle. Now, you got to know this. We're going in now, uh, well, in a minute, about the gifts of healings. But a miracle is immediate, all right? If it's not immediate, it's not a miracle. A miracle is an immediate change. And then a healing is a progressive change. Go to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through uh, 10, real quick here. Sounds long, but not really. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask of alms from those who entered the temple, See, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. This guy wanted money. The lame man wanted money. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. I love that part. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they, then they knew that it was he who, who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Friends, that's a miracle. That's the, that's the gift of the working of miracles in action right there. Number one, it was Peter worked it. He sp- and probably the gift of faith, because Peter obviously had faith to speak that too. But immediately, it says immediately. Say immediately. Immediately. That means this was a miracle. Amen? All right. Now, uh, quickly, Acts 19.11. Acts 19.11. See, the Holy Spirit's going to require us to get out of our comfort zone and do things. Can you imagine? You're in Walmart or something. You see someone in a wheelchair, and the Holy Ghost says, go up to him, pray over him, and tell him to rise and walk in the name of Jesus. Do you have the boldness to do that? Come on. I mean, how many things do we pass up to where we're, because of our fear, because we're afraid. I, I mean, I know it's wild, and we got to press through the flesh on these things. That's why it's so important to stay in the Spirit. Amen? Acts 19.11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or a- aprons uh, were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, the miracle anointing on handkerchiefs or aprons literally drove... Think about this. The anointing on cloths. And the Holy Spirit has been putting this, this on me. And finally, I, I spoke to uh, Sherry and I said, Man, is it possible to get some prayer cloths going? I, I just feel it stirring in me. And so this verse has been jumping out to me. And so think about it, though. The anointing that is on even cloths. I mean, we're talking about the science of God here. Think about that. The anointing was in a cloth. Now, we don't, we don't idolize a cloth. The cloth has nothing, nothing to do with it, right? 
but the anointing that we can pray and believe God to have on this cloth to be transferred to someone's body or soul. Are you hearing me? I mean, literally demons, uh, demons and sickness and disease were driven out. Now, I find it interesting that the word of God calls these things, listen to this, unusual miracles. Now, isn't that interesting? Say unusual miracles. To me, every miracle is unusual. But I, evidently, there were some normal miracles. Oh, my, my, my. And it makes me wonder, miracles, there are certain miracles that should be normal in our church, in the body of Christ. Are you following me? This said unusual miracles, so there must be some miracles that were usual. I like that. Amen? Peter's shadow even healed the sick in the book of Acts. Isn't that powerful? Now, quickly, my last one and I'm done. The gifts of healings. Okay, that's an empowerment from the Holy Spirit to heal sickness, disease, and infirmities. Again, I want to point out that it's gifts of healings. In other words, there's many gifts within the gifts of healings, all right? In other words, uh, you know, Barry, you might, you might be anointed to pray for people who have cancer, right? Paul, Karen, you guys might, man, you guys might be anointed to pray for people that have tumors, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's different ones in there. And, and pay attention. If you have that gift, you might be drawn to pray for someone with a certain sickness or disease or infirmity. Pay attention to what that is because that's probably the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I gave you the gift to pray for healing for people who have that specific thing. The other thing is trial and error. You just pray for everyone that comes your way, Right? And if you have good success in one area, maybe you stick with it. Are you hearing me? All right. Uh, So there are many gifts in the healing category. Again, a miracle is instant and healing is progressive. Listen to this. The gift of healing on your life, the anointing for the gift of healing on your life, literally this is what happens. Someone who has a a disease, dis-ease, right? This thing keeps going further and they start to get worse and worse. The anointing on your life for the gift of healing, when you lay hands on the sick, right? Or when you pray for someone, what's literally happening is that downward slide is being stopped and it's reversing course. Slowly they're being healed. A pr- say process, See, miracles instant, healing's progressive. That's why the devil always gets Christians on, if a miracle doesn't happen, well, then nothing must be happening. Wrong. Healing is progressive. So when you pray for someone, know something is going on, and you minister to that person, and you say, listen, we just prayed the healing power of God in your body. I believe that that downward spiral you're going stopped. Right when we prayed. And it's reversing course to restore healing in your body. Amen? All right. So, remember, there's three gifts that say something. The utterance and inspirational gifts. Prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. There's three gifts that know something. The revelation gifts, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. And there's three gifts that do something. The gift of faith working of miracles, and the gifts of healing. Church, let's press in for all nine gifts to be used. Amen? Let's see the power of God flow in this area like never before. Let's stand up in this place. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Man, you're on the outside looking in, but today something changed in you. Something shifted in you. The Holy Spirit got a hold of your heart. And you want to make Jesus Lord of your life. If you want to come up and make Jesus Lord of your life, just meet me at this, uh, in this corner. And after service, I want to take the time to talk with you, pray with you, and give you a new birth date in the name of Jesus. New birth, born again experience. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago, but it's been a while. And frankly, you don't know if you would go to heaven if you died at this very moment. If that's you, you want to rededicate, I'm telling you, meet me over here. Let's settle this thing. Let's clear your conscience, clear your heart right now. Let's make it right. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said, you shall receive power 
after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And I'm telling you right now, Living Waters Chapel, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we want to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. And you know what? The Holy Spirit baptism is not a Living Waters Chapel thing. It's a Bible thing. All right? We, we want to be in line with the Word of God. We want you equipped to do the work of the gospel effectively. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You need a physical healing, body, soul, spirit. Uh, you need prayer for something in your family, anything, whatever it is, anything else. And that, just meet me over here. And I want to pray with you. But the rest of you, thank you so much for coming today. Lord, I pray right now a blessing over every person in this building right now. I pray you would encamp us in them with your holy angels. I pray the power of the Holy Ghost would be upon them. Lord, use us all with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, as we're out and about, Lord God. Holy Spirit, tap us on that shoulder. Use us. Uh, Lord God, use the the movie screen of our imagination to give us visions, give us dreams. Open our spiritual eyes and ears like never before. And Lord, protect every person. Give them a great week. Let your peace be upon and within them, Lord God, and bring them back safely as we move forward as we have an encounter with you in your presence, Lord, that will change our lives. Heaven on earth, Lord God. Let us experience heaven on earth. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Okay, everyone. Well, uh, Tuesday night, prayer hotline, uh, prayer conference call. Come and see anybody, uh, any one of us. We'll give you the phone number. Wednesday night, 7 to 8 is prayer. Let's really press into prayer. Amen. That's our, that's our power plant. All right, everyone, have a great week. God bless you all. If you need me, you know where to find me. Love you all.